what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on The Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, I'm going to do my book report on my summer reading with some management advice for you. And sorry, Gary, it's a book that doesn't have too many pictures. Today's guest is Deming Bass, owner and founder of New Marketing Makeover, and he works with Google's Get Your Business Online program to help give businesses get found on the internet. We'll talk with Deming about how to Googleize your business, and we'll also try to get him to say nice things about Yahoo, Bing, and DuckDuckGo. We will find up with our Small Business of the Month feature, where we'll highlight some small businesses which you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm the director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how are you doing today? Jeff, I'm doing great. Looking forward to your book review. Because you do know I'm a picture guy versus a, a words guy. I know. I, I, I don't have the cliff notes. You, have, you might actually have to read this one. That's a little bit of a challenge for me. No, I'm looking forward to it. But okay. I do like cliff notes. Do they even do those anymore? I, yeah, I guess we're that showing our age. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, but I, I lived I, and died by them. <laughs> I, I bet there's something out there on that interweb that uh, helps our our, our kids and, yeah. and our students uh, yes. uh, you know, find ways around that. I think that's probably true. Well, speaking of my book report, I, I uh, recently read uh, a book uh, called Making It in America by John Bassett. And perhaps uh, you might have read uh, a book called The Factory Man, which was about John Bassett and his furniture business, um, which uh, he put up uh, a successful fight to uh, keep low-cost imports from destroying his Vaughn Bassett Furniture Company. They're located in Virginia. And uh, and actually, I believe that book has been contracted, I think, through HBO and Tom Hanks. They're, I think they'll be either making a series or a movie about it. So, yeah, that's coming. Do you remember coming. the book? And it's a very good message. I didn't know it was going to be a potential movie. Could, they, you know. Did they ask you? I think Tom Hanks got the nod over me, but well, that's, uh, that's disappointing. For it them. is disappointing. Disappointing for them. Well, it's disappointing for many of our listeners. But I, I, yeah, the, the book is really about how you could keep your your business in in America, and it's called a twelve point plan for growing your business and keeping your jobs at home. And I read it, and I thought, well, this is going to be a book about manufacturing. It's going to be not as applicable to small businesses. But then I read it, and it's a very, very readable book, despite the fact that there are not a lot of pictures in it. And it's got some very good uh, common sense business advice, uh, focuses on things like how to treat your employees, how to treat your people, the fact that if you really want to build a team uh, you're not going to be able to treat them like numbers. You're going to have to treat them like people. Good messages for any kind of business. And, and even at even our community college focuses a lot on what they call transparent leadership, the importance of communicating information, whether it's good information or bad information, and that the, you know people want to know what's going on. And you and I have been in business before. I think that 
I've found, and, and perhaps you have found as well, that the, the biggest challenges come when there's no information and, and there's uncertainty out there. And, and the more you can share with your people, even, it's, even if it's, we don't know everything right now, but here's what we do know and we're going to keep you posted is, is generally the way to, to best handle tough situations. I think it, it's so true because no information, and I'm the same way. I like to communicate, but I start uh, looking at those ghosts in the corner or the things, if I don't hear something, then I start saying, well, what's the reason for it? Or uh, So i got to know that our folks that are working for us are having the same potential issues. So communication is critical. And I think that's the key thing to communicate, even if it's saying, you know, I really don't know much now, but I'll get to you as soon as possible. At least they kind of can see that you're on the same side as they are mm-hmm. of getting communication out. Uh, he talks, you know, one of his lessons is is how to handle tough decisions. And Mr. Bassett talks about the furniture industry and how many furniture owners were panicking and, you know, too quickly running to uh, send their production overseas, which, you know, had such a disastrous effect on many small towns uh, and had how how he did his best to gather information and 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 not not wait around he basically tried to deal with reality and make uh make some difficult decisions as he went through the process so he he talks about the importance of gathering information and being realistic making tough decisions one thing that he told his people is that he, he he was not going to be letting them go if they needed to make reductions they would do it through people leaving over time and just not refilling those positions and, and I guess not every company is in a position to do that, and not every situation allows that. But certainly uh, uh, an approach you, you, can, you find commendable. Well, both of you, both of you, both of us, lived through that. Um, I can think of when everybody was moving overseas, I can remember talking to our president, and that was something that he talked about. Like, so I think we're going to need to do this and do that. And, uh, of course, my background's financial, and his – uh, was to say, okay, we got to do this from a financial standpoint. And his first thought was, we got to do this because everybody else is doing it. And I said, we know we need to think about it. And good news is he was a good business person. He said, so he was willing to get the information. But because everybody's doing doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right thing or it's the right thing for a uh, company. We maintained all of our uh, plants in North America during that process. Now, we did set up some plants in Asia for that business, but we didn't start bringing the business uh, those products being made in Asia over here we did watch some of our competitors do it and it it did not work out well for them because you got to really because people are doing doesn't mean it necessarily works for your business I think that's key well uh, a book that uh, I recommend that you check out uh, again it's called making it in America a 12-point plan for growing your business and keeping your jobs at home it's uh, by John Bassett uh, yeah, in your bookstores, download it to your Kindle. Uh, it's you know, it's 250, 300 pages, but it's it, it is a quick read, and it's uh, it's very practical advice. Whether it's for a manufacturing company, whether it's for your small business, there are some pretty good lessons in here that uh, uh, you would benefit from. So uh, check it out very when you good. can. Looking forward to. All right, I want to welcome. Uh, we, we've got a guest with us today. Uh, we want to welcome. Deming Bass, who is founder and CEO of New Marketing Makeover in Marietta, Georgia. 
where he helps organizations nat- nationwide clarify their message so their marketing works better and that their brands engage with their customers. He is also a national speaker for Google's Get Out Your Business Online program. Deming, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing good. We appreciate you joining us today on the, uh, the Entrepreneur Exchange. We're excited you're with us. Thanks. Excellent. Thank you for the opportunity. Why don't you tell us a little bit about New Marketing Makeover and, and uh, the work that you're doing with Google? Absolutely. So I started New Marketing Makeover a little over a year ago. I was actually a chamber executive for almost 20 years up there in North Carolina. As you know, I'm from North Carolina. I went to the state and was up in the Research Triangle, Raleigh and Cary, and then down here in Metro Atlanta. And New Marketing Makeover is built around what's called the Story Brand Framework. And that's a framework that uh, came up by a guy named Donald Miller, uh, where you use uh, the seven universal elements of story to help customers, to help us tell the story, not of our businesses, but of our customers. What's the story that they're living? What's their want and needs? What's keeping them from getting that? And then how do you position your company as the guide in that story? You're not the hero, you're the guide to help them get what they want. And when you put together this framework, when I work with companies, it helps them to create clarity around their messaging. And right now, the biggest problem facing a lot of businesses is that their messaging, their website, how they talk about their business, it's just too confusing, and people don't understand it, and they usually don't. Uh, when they come to a website, they may not even uh, purchase because they don't even know what's in it for them, how do they get the product and service. So I help them out with that. And then uh, Google... Uh, contacted me a little over, well, about a year ago, uh, because after I left the Chamber World, I was also the uh, Southeast Regional Development Director for a little company called Constant Contact, uh, and I had six states, and uh, Google contacted me to do essentially what we did with them, which is where I'll go out and we deliver free marketing education workshops uh, based around how to use some free Google tools, how to create SEO, and we partner with great partners like you guys, SBTDC, uh, Chambers, and school offices around around the country. So that's a, a little bit about uh, what I'm doing. Busy. Well, and, and so so you are are you traveling regionally or throughout the nation or uh, you know how's your how's your frequent flyer account looking? It's funny. I just uh, flew back from Nashville, Tennessee yesterday. Uh, and I'll be in Hilton Head, South Carolina, and I believe next week. And I'll be, I'm all over Montana in October. So, um, so I'm all over the place. Right. So it does help with the frequent flyer miles. <laughs> well, well, uh, we wanted to spend some time today talking with you about, uh, making sure that the listeners who have websites or are trying to get their business found out there on the internet, uh, have the best chance to get found on Google and, and other search engines. So, you know, just when, when you start talking with folks about uh, Google and you start talking about uh, getting found online, what are some of the, the, the first concepts that uh, you, you throw out to people? Well, the, what I always begin with is, is trying to make sure they understand how important it is that you have your business information online that it's correct. Because if you think about the world that we live in today, this is really the first time in the history of the world, in the history of business, where, and just think about your own experiences the past week, 
you, you'll be with friends or family or customers or colleagues or your spouse and somebody talks about something and suddenly you want something. You may want to buy something. You may want to go visit somewhere. You may want to learn a new skill. And you may hear about this great podcast you guys have. And so everybody pulls out their smartphone and you just start typing in a couple of words and literally within two or three minutes, a lot of us have our credit cards out and we've purchased. And yet we've never even met that business or that business owner. And so I always lead with that, just just realizing how things have changed and how you have the ability to grow your business substantially by reaching strangers that don't know you but that are willing to, to purchase your product or service uh, literally in just a, a few minutes. But in order for you to, to take advantage of that, you, your business information has to be online and it has to show up and it needs to be correct. So I always go out, I recommend three simple things that businesses can do. Uh, the first one is to create a free, uh, what it's called the Google My Business listing. And it's absolutely free. And uh, you can go to, there's a link, and I'll, I'll send you guys the links uh, for the podcast, but it's, you can go to gybo.com slash business. And you can get started there. And you basically just type in your website, your URL, and it'll take you through a step-by-step process. But the, the Google My Business listing is basically if you've ever done a search on Google and you see the search results coming down the page, and then usually over to the right, you will see this big, huge area about a business. It's got the business name. It has photos of the products and services or their location. You can see uh, the Google Maps, with, and so you can click on that, get directions. It has the telephone number, the website, reviews from customers, uh, postings. That is a Google My Business listing. And if you get that set up, that's basically going to pretty much guarantee that your business is going to show up when people search for your business in a local area. It's really focused on uh, local uh, small businesses being found. The second tip, and we can go into detail later on some of this, but the second tip I would say is to uh, look at your website and there's some simple things you can do to improve search engine optimization and SEO. And I always laugh when I do this because this is where everybody on your podcast will probably shut down and whenever we start talking about real technical things like that. But, but to simplify it, you have to understand that Google's job is to help the searcher find the best, most relevant information that they're searching for. So all SEO is, that's just a fancy term, a technical term for, you want to look at your website and you want to make sure you have the best, most relevant information on that website for what your customer would be looking for online. And you want to provide a really good user experience. So the ways that you do that is you come up, you can create the keywords, make sure you have keywords throughout your site. That would be those words that people would search for. Then you can start with your company name, your category, your products and services, maybe something specific to your products and services, your city, you know, best bakery in Hickory, in North Carolina. So, and you just populate your website with those words. Um, and then another one of the biggest ways, and we can go in depth on this a little bit later too, because we have a free tool, is you want to make sure your website loads fast. You would be surprised. If you have a website that does not load faster than four or five seconds, people are not 
going to your website. They're not staying on your website. And so this is where uh, you could have wasted tons of money on a great-looking website. Uh, you can waste tons of money on search engine marketing, everybody driving people to your website. But if, they can't, if it doesn't load in five or six seconds, you're missing out because people are going to bounce. So you want to make sure that it loads fast. And then the final tip that I share with everybody is don't be afraid of trying out a little search engine marketing. And it's very easy to do. I'll send the link over. Uh, Google has an automated way that you can do it now uh, at gybo.com slash AdWords. But essentially what search engine marketing is, is you're able to bid on the words or the phrases that people would be typing in to search for your product or service that they may not know your company name. And the beauty of it is your ad comes up right there at the top when they search, uh, and you only pay when they click on the ad or when they call. You can also have a number up there that they can call you. And so you can set the budget, you know, they just set it for 100 bucks, and once the clicks or the calls come through to $100, they shut it down. So you, you're not wasting or you don't forget about how much you're spending. But what I love about it is, you know, you're, it, it's directly immeasurable in real time. You can see those clicks. I love the phone numbers because then you're getting the people on the phone uh, and, and actually talking to them. So those would be my three tips. Uh, create your free Google My Business listing. Uh, do a couple of little things, keywords, make sure your website's not confusing, and make sure that uh, your website loads fast, and that's going to improve your search results and what we call the organic search results. So those are the, uh, the, the, the search results below the ads. And then search engine marketing, try that out, see if you get uh, some traction on that, but I, I believe you will. So, so uh, that sounds like a great foundation there. Let's 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 dig in a little bit. When I, I think you know, a lot of us that have been online probably have seen the the Google My Business listing there. But you know, one of the things that uh, causes some concern with maybe service businesses that that uh, don't have an office or work out of their home is. Hey, I don't. I don't want to put my uh, listing out there with my home address and have uh, somebody knocking on my door at uh, ten o'clock at night and, and scaring my dog. How does How does Google? Can, can you? How do you avoid that situation? That's a great question, and also um, I take a quick step back because Google My Business listings are really designed for businesses that have face to face interaction with customers at their physical location or. To your point, you may be a home-based business or a service-based business, and you will go out and meet with customers within a specified service area. So it is not for companies where all you sell is just online. It's not for temporary locations like farmer's markets that they can move around. So to answer that question, what you do is as you're going through the process and you're putting in your information, it's going to ask you, uh, there will be a little question down there and you can check it off and it'll say, do you provide services within a specified service area? And you would check that box. And then down below it, it says something to the effect of, uh, you know, hide my location. And like, I am not a store. And you would want to check that box too. And then what happens is you'll get a pop-up and it will allow you to go in and put what your service area is. So you could put in Hickory, North Carolina, 
You could put in a radius. You could put in a 25-mile radius around Hickory, North Carolina. And so what will show up on your Google My Business listing, you will be on Google Maps, but it's not going to have that little red pin placement at your home or at your location. You'll just see the radius around the location. And then people ask, well, how, what should I make my radius? And I tell people just realistically how far you're willing to travel to meet with the customer or a client. But the more localized, the smaller it can be, the more effective it'll be for you. And, and in terms of the process of claiming uh, the Google Your Business listing, Google My Business listing, is that uh, something that happens automatically, or, or are there some uh, valid? Is there some validation process that Google goes through that takes a period of time? How does that work? Yes, it's really a two-step process. The first is going in and creating or claiming your listing, so putting in all your business information. And I tell business owners when you're going in creating it for the first time, make sure you put it all in and that it's accurate. Put in your telephone number. Make sure your address is correct. Put in your website. And then what happens is you'll get a button and it'll have to be verified. And that's the second important step is that Google has to verify that you are a real business at that real physical location that you listed in your account. And again, the reason for this, it goes back to what Google's job is, which is to help searchers find the best, most relevant information. And the reason they need to verify, and the way that they verify is sending you a path postcard to your business with a passcode and you'll usually get that five to seven business days and you go back in and then you enter the passcode and you're done you're verified the reason google does this for example is if you so if you create this listing and it's up there and somebody finds it and you have directions to your location and they want to go and they click on Google Maps and they get directions and they spend 35 minutes coming to your location and then find out that you're not a real location, then that's going to be a bad experience for the customer and that's going to, you know, not, not show very well as far as Google goes. But that's why they verify that. So that's why for any of you guys out there that have a P.O. box or you use a UPS shipping store, you can't, that doesn't count either. It's got to have a physical location. So what I tell people, just what I shared earlier, what you can do if you historically get uh, your mail at a, at a post office box or UPS store or whatever, uh, just go ahead and put in your home address and hide it uh, so that it doesn't show up and let people know you, you have that service area and then have that postcard delivered directly to you. That's the, that's the workaround for that. Okay. Good deal. And so now, you know, semi-related question. Um, most people, I, I assume, do their searching with Google these days, but there are other search engines out there. By going yeah. through this process, is that going to have an impact if someone were to use Yahoo or Bing or some other search engine? You know, not necessarily. I think this is basically for Google, which obviously is the largest out there. So I don't know that that is going to have a really big impact. You know, one, one of the impacts, though, that a Google My Business listing has on your organic search results, and so this may carry over, although I'm not sure because that's a, that's a good question. I haven't gotten that one before, is when you have your Google My Business listing, and people are clicking on the website or calling or, uh, you, you know, Google Maps, and they're 
all of that creates more engagement on your actual website. So the Google My Business listing, the engagement with that is also going to help uh, you start showing up higher in the organic search results on Google. And my guess would be that you know, then the more engagement that your website has, the more activity that your website has, it would also help with the organic search results on uh, Bing and some of the other ones that are out there. Hi, I'm Alan. I'm Chris. And we're the co-host of Foot Candle Films, a movie review and film discussion show here on TheMesh.TV. Each episode, we talk about some new movies, cover some film news, and have some recommendations. And trust us, we're just as likely to talk about the latest Jim Jarmusch film as we are the newest Transformers installment. Hold on, don't get too crazy. Uh, well, okay, maybe not that bad. But you can find our show and all our episodes on TheMesh.TV. Plus, you can subscribe to get new episodes delivered right to your computer or mobile device. We'll see you in the ticket line. So, so I, I, I sort of like your word engage there mm-hmm. in that um, if you have a Google listing, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that people can leave reviews or, or things about your business out there. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, there's, there's several things that the listing can do. Uh, once you get it set up in a way to engage with your customers and vice versa, and you're right, the reviews are one way. And so I encourage businesses to, when you set up your, your listing, uh, you know, think of three to five of your customers that you're really close with that you've had a great relationship with and had a really good experience. And, and now they all have to have their own Google or their Gmail account to be able to do this. But encourage them uh, to go to your new Google My listing and to leave a review. And you know, it's a, you can do the five star review with a sentence or two, and it's completely fine for you to be able to go and ask them to do that. Just make sure they're honest about the experience, and you can't. You don't. You want to be ethical about it, so you don't want to say, "Hey, uh, go leave a Google review, and I'll give you a free cupcake or something like that." So you want it to be honest and sincere, but one of the tips that I teach in my classes is uh, a lot of times people, they don't want to think about it or they ramble and they're not very good reviews or testimonials. So a great little formula that's helpful is you can just email them, tell them, you know, send them the link and say, would you mind leaving a quick uh, review at my new Google My Business listing and just answer your review can just be a one to two sentence answer of these three questions. The first is, the first sentence is just if you could just uh, give us a sentence explaining the problem you were facing before you used this or the situation and how it makes you feel before you use this. The second question is then just write a sentence about how, how did our product or service help you solve that problem or help you, in, you know, create this entirely new, better situation. And then the third question is, and, and just a sentence or two about how great life looked after that, or what did life look after that. And that is a great way to, in a very concise way, be very clear, but um, in, a, in a real world example show, this is the problem I'm facing, which means all of your other customers are going to relate to that. Number two, this is how I use you. And number three, this is how great life was. And it sort of helps people see how great their life can be when they use you. So that's a, that's a great tip. Uh, and, and as you start building up those four or five-star reviews, then it really honestly doesn't matter if you get a negative review. Uh, but people ask, can we have the negative reviews taken down? And unfortunately, the answer is no. 
uh, unless it violates some sort of content policy. Uh, but the way to handle those reviews and positive reviews, what happens is uh, when, you, when somebody leaves a review, you will immediately be notified that they left a review. And so I would encourage you, when somebody leaves a positive review, immediately respond and say, thank you so much. It was great. We really appreciate your, um, your loyalty, and we love working with you, right? And then when you get a negative review, don't worry too much about it because we've all, we, everybody looks at reviews, which is one reason why this is so important. And we've all been going through, you know, when we're on Amazon or somewhere, we're looking, and if we see five-star, four-star, three-star, four-star, and then we see that one-star review, typically the people are mad, and they come across as mad and agitated and super critical, right? And if you can immediately respond to that in a professional, um, positive way and just immediately say, I hate to hear that you had that experience. That's not how, that's not typical of how we do things around here. Give me a call and I will take care of you. And what happens is those people will probably never give you a call. And so when people are seeing that one, one star review, they'll know, just like we know when we see it, well, this is just an angry person got up the wrong side of the bed today. And then when they see how professional you responded, and then when they see nothing after that, they are going to, number one, see how great you are as a person and as a business owner. But number two, they're going to assume that you did. Yep, everything's taken care of. So that would be my tip for reviews. And then I'll add one more um, way that you can engage that most business owners, even when they have a Google My Business listing, they don't take advantage of this. And it is, it is uh, you are missing out on so many sales and customers and opportunities. And that is, once you have it created and verified, you can actually post an update uh, right there on your listing. And an update or a post can be anything you want it to be. It can be a sale, it can be a promotion, it can be a contest, <clears throat> it can be an event that you can have people register for. Uh, you know, it can have buy one, get one free, 25% off, and then they click and it takes them directly to the page where you have that offer. And what's amazing about this is hardly anybody does it. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know they can do it. But it dawned on me the other day when I was on a flight and this lady was sitting next to me and talking. She saw my notes and started asking me about it. And she kept asking, well, how much does this cost? And I'm like, it doesn't cost anything. It's absolutely free. And she was like, how much is this? Are you sure? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, how is Google able to do that? But the reality is it's absolutely free. So it's like free advertising right there on the search page that pops out way more than the other advertising. So um, that would be a great, uh, definitely a great tool that I would recommend as well. You, you, uh, when you were talking about some of the foundations, you, you talked about SEO and, you know, while well, some folks took a nap. But anyway, uh, I know that uh, one tool that Google has is uh, the Google.com backslash trends that helps people determine the, the, the keywords or words that they should be including in their website. Can you, can you speak a little bit on how to use uh, the, the Google.com trends uh, site? Yes. So, you get, uh, like you said, you get a Google.com slash trends, and what it does is it's analyzing the most popular words or phrases that are happening at any given time. 
So what you can do is, let's say you're a bakery or whatever, you can go in and, and actually search for terms related to your category bakeries or cupcakes or cakes or whatever, and you can track them over a period of time. So one of the examples that I used in our classes is uh, a bakery that was tracking the, the phrase gluten-free, vegan, and I think vegetarian. And you can see, as we probably know, we have a lot of friends, just in the past five or so years, suddenly everything has become, or you've seen a lot more gluten-free products. And so people are searching for gluten-free. So the way that you can use that is you can even use that to create new products and services. So if I'm a bakery and I see more and more people are looking for gluten-free, I may want to start creating more gluten-free cupcakes or cookies. And then I want to take that term gluten-free and make sure that I have it throughout my website. And maybe even with that search engine marketing campaign, you know, best gluten-free cupcake in Hickory, North Carolina. And uh, so that's a way that you can use uh, – Keyword, uh, keywords and, and, and trends. There's also another uh, website out there or link. It's gybo.com slash search console. Believe it is. And yeah, it's either search console or website or webmaster. I'll have to go back and it might be webmaster. Um, but that is basically Google search console, and that allows you to view your website the way Google does. And you're actually able to see how people are coming to your website, like based on the search queries that they put in. So you, so you may be able to get at that. There may be search queries or a word or a couple of words that you had never thought about that's sending a lot of people to your website. And so you would want to take those words and populate that throughout your website to show up higher when people use those searches too. So those are just two ways to help with the SEO. Now, you also, you talked a little about the importance of how quickly your website loads, and and Google also has a tool that can help you determine how quickly, how fast that is, correct? Is, how, how, does, how does that work for people, and how can they benefit from that? Right. This is one of the most important things in, in recent years, because again, Google wants to provide a great user experience. So... I would encourage everybody to get to this website. It's uh, testmysite.thinkwithgoogle.com. So that's testmysite.thinkwithgoogle.com. And what this allows you to do is to plug in your website, and it has a, it's a diagnostic tool that will show you how fast or how slow your website loads on an average 3G connection. But what's great about it is not only does it show you that, but it also gives you specific tips and recommendations and things that you can do right away to help speed that up. And the reason this is so important is, uh, like I said, I mean, think about your own experience. Uh, and I think, you know, in, in the tool, they even say, I think, like, four seconds is a good, that's good. So you really want it under four seconds. But even four seconds is a long time. You know, we've become really impatient. And so even, you know, if you think about it, if I typed in a couple of words and then I had to wait one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, four one thousand, that's still kinda long. So you really want to get it down to three seconds or better. But if you have a web if you have a website that's taking five, six, 
seven, eight, or more seconds to load. The reality is hardly anybody's sticking around to have that load. So you might see that you have these visitors, that they are sitting there, and then after five seconds, they're bouncing, and they're going somewhere else. But that is why it's so important. The faster your website is, the more likely it's going to show up higher in the organic search results. I'll add one other thing, too. The, you need to make sure that your websites are optimized for mobile devices because over half of all web traffic now happens on smartphones and tablets. So you want to make sure that your website is uh, what we call mobile responsive, which essentially it looks great on a smartphone, it looks great, it changes on a tablet or a desktop. And uh, the way that you can tell this is just if you have a website where you go on your smartphone and you go to your website and if you have to pinch and zoom and move stuff around, that means you do not have a mobile responsive website. And so uh, you are not showing up hardly at all in the organic search results. It needs to be mobilized or optimized for mobile. So definitely that would be another big recommendation as well. So, so as we sort of wind up here, are there, uh, you know, I, I guess we all hear stories about Google's always changing the algorithm that they use in, in, the, in the search uh, process. Are there certain things that uh, are red flags to the, the, the people in white coats at Google that, uh, you know, that if they see you doing, if you, they see you trying to game the system in certain ways, uh, uh, it's going to probably hurt your search results? Are there th- certain things that people should be avoiding? Well, I'll, I'll say this, um, and, you know, it's funny at these classes, uh, you know, I, I'll get all these really technical questions, and people are always trying to find the latest, greatest secret solved. And I tell people, um, and it dawned on me after six months of doing this, instead of me trying to give the latest, greatest answer, I tell them, just Google it. <laughs> Google whatever you're looking for. Because there's so many great uh, Google partners or marketing or advertising or digital marketing companies out there that probably have done some research and uh, or have seen the latest, I mean, literally within 24 hours of Google breaking news that have written blogs or papers and things. So you can probably find out and go into the details about that. Um, but I will say a couple of things uh, that, that uh, you can do. One is uh, make sure that you update your website regularly. So make sure you're making changes and updating it because, again, Google's job is the best, most relevant uh, website. So if Google's web crawlers are going out there and if I'm looking for a bakery and I've got one bakery website that was updated last week versus another bakery website that was, hasn't been updated since a year ago, Google is going to think that the most recently updated is going to be more relevant. So that's, that's one. Uh, one of the mistakes, though, um, that is that you'll probably start hearing more and more about, uh, and people are probably going to freak out a little bit when they see this, is that Google in the past year um, has also started focusing on trying to keep users, uh, so you, when you're searching online, trying to keep your information uh, private and protected. And so what's happened is when they came out with the new crime that really started showing up is you'll see uh, if you have a page on your website where you're collecting uh, payment information or even if you just have, maybe you're not even collecting credit card or payment information, but you have a passcode or you're asking for some sort of information, 
if you don't have a secure website where up across the top it doesn't say HTTPS, if you don't have a secure website, you'll start seeing up in that URL, uh, this site is not secure, or something to that effect. Uh, and it'll be in red. And what, it, what, it, what Google's trying to do is to give people a warning that your information is not on a secure site, even if it's not that important. Maybe you just collect the first name, last name, and an email. But people are going to see that that is not, it's not secure, and you're open to having people steal your information. So again, the reason they're doing this is they're trying to protect users, your privacy information. So it's actually a good thing, but that can uh, uh, kind of freak, especially small business designers out who never knew they had to do that. So that's just something that you would want to look into is just make sure that you have a secure site. And again, you can Google or find a local Google partner or local marketing firm that can help you with that. It's not that big of a deal to to fix. All right. Good advice. We Excellent. We, we appreciate uh, you uh, spending some time with us today, Deming. If people want to find you, where should they be looking? So if you want to find me, you can visit uh, my website, newmarketingmakeover.com. And you can also email me at Deming. It's a weird name, D-E-M-M-I-N-G, at newmarketingmakeover.com. Super. Well, it uh, it sounds like you're going to be seeing uh, seeing this great land uh, throughout the rest of the summer and into the fall. So uh, happy travels to you! Thank you. Looking forward to it. And we 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 hope that you'll find your way back uh, in this area. You know, if you. Yeah, you know, I, I would recommend you come back for basketball season, and that uh, as an NC State alumnus that you are, you know, and seeing that I went to Chapel Hill, I think that I'll enjoy seeing you more at that point in time than during football season. That's well, true. Yes, we will. Have, well, and I definitely, I know I'm coming back to your area uh, <clears throat> up there for Appalachian State. I think it's in November for a big event, um, and I always love coming home to North Carolina and picking on my uh, North Carolina friends and Wake Forest and all those great schools. So it's always fun to get back, whether it's football or basketball season. Thank you for throwing in that, uh, <laughs> right, you the th- big you, four schools. You, you threw Gary a bone. It's so I appreciate that. So, All right, Deming. Well, we, you, safe travels to you. We look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Take all right. care. All right. Uh, we, thanks again to Deming. And I... I also want to do a special thank you and a shout out to uh, Lindsay Kiesler, who is the president of our local, local chamber of commerce who helped connect us. And I know that Lindsay is getting ready for another big season of UNC Charlotte football, where she graduated from. So, so go Niners. Go, go Lindsay. But that gets us to our, our favorite small business of the month uh, feature. So, Gary, uh, who are you going to talk about this uh, month on our small business of the month? Well, thanks, Jeff. I'm excited to share my small business of the month because it was brought to me by Christy Lefevers, our CVCC Accounting and Office Administration Programs Director. This small business that she wants to highlight makes her very proud to be part of CVCC, and it gave her an extra boost and reminder of why she loved being an educator. The small business is in Morganton, her hometown, and it's seeing an amazing growth in the downtown area, which I wasn't aware of until she told me. So that's exciting. It's resolving around small business and entrepreneurship. Wow, that fits perfect with our podcast, doesn't it? And recently, a specialty ice cream shop and bakery named Toasted and Roll 
open. The ice cream is unique in that it's not only very tasty, but creative and fun. The bakery is fabulous as well. Everything's made in-house. The decor is eclectic. They have an old VW van as the counter, and you can watch your ice cream being poured out and assembled. That kind of sounds weird when she said poured out and assembled, but I think I get it. Since the doors have opened a month or so ago, everyone in town is talking about it, and it's the place to go. A few weeks ago, Christy placed an order for her daughters when she was there, and the owner, Juan, and his wife, Amanda, started talking to her. It came up in the conversation that she worked at CVCC and teached accounting. Juan then said he had taken business courses at CVCC, rah, rah, and he really enjoyed Darcy Toomey and Jeff Fenley, our instructors there, and he mentioned that Darcy Toomey helped him with his business plan. We can be proud. This is, is this not making you excited? I'm, it, I'm, I'm thrilled. It's getting me very, very excited. I cannot tell you how happy it makes us to learn that CVCC paid a big role in this fantastic business, a big role in supporting them because they did all the work. But it's so exciting to see businesses take off and do well. However, seeing a small business that is in her hometown, as she said, hit the ball out of the park. And adding to the excitement that the CVCC family helped, but one sister is a CVCC student too. So this is truly a success story for entrepreneurship, our students, and it's a big shout out to our CVCC business team too. So. You know, you know, we're going to get an invoice now for free advertising from the mesh for a CVCC. Gosh, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, so I, you know, you try to control but I, yourself, would okay. you? Okay, this is one that was really cool. Plus, it came in from one of our listeners. Okay, well, give her the prize pack. We'll get her the prize pack. Okay. That's exactly as I was saying. I said right. she deserves a prize pack. All right, we'll work on the prize, which pack which means Christy. she gets to listen to us twice next month. Uh, isn't, isn't isn't she lucky? <laughs> and may all our listeners be so fortunate. My small business of the month, I, I uh, actually got an email this week that had an announcement recognizing the Made in North Carolina Awards, which is an annual contest hosted by Our State Magazine uh, that celebrates the cream of the crop of handmade, locally sourced products in North Carolina. And my small business uh, of the month is the winner of this year's food and drink category. I guess we're we're yeah we're just we're just into the treats today. There we go. Uh, it's a product from a small business in Greenville, North Carolina, which is toward the eastern part of our state, and it's called Jenny's Ugly Chocolates. <laughs> and it was a, it's a business that was started by Jenny Farrow in Greenville last year, and she has been selling at the Uptown Greenville Umbrella Market, sort of a farmers market. And each week she's offering up more than a dozen different varieties of chocolates and treats and she's adding to the menu uh, on a regular basis what is ugly chocolate to well camp the, the, well, the chocolate. name of her business came from when she was learning to temper down chocolate by hand and she says that her chocolates looked terrible when they were finished but they tasted great so she asked her friends to try some of her ugly chocolates and that name just stuck there we go so, awesome so the winner the the, the actual specific product that was the winner in the Made in North Carolina Awards was something called Sweet Potato Crunch. Uh, it's a gourmet candy featuring ingredients from a number of North Carolina farms. It's a bonbon-style treat that gets its namesake crunch from a base of toasted pecans and toffee bits, and the creamy sweet potato filling is infused with vodka distilled from sweet potatoes. Whether these chocolates are ugly is debatable, but the magazine thinks that they are certainly uh, delicious. So 
Jenny is, as I mentioned, working with the Greenville Umbrella Market, and she's also selling at some of the craft breweries, breweries in her area. She's working on a website so that you can purchase online in the near future. If you want to find out more about Jenny's Ugly Chocolates, you're going to have to see where she's selling them by visiting her Facebook page, which if you go to www.facebook.com backslash Jenny's Uglies, you will find her there. And uh, I'll be calling my small business center colleagues in Greenville, North Carolina, to see if they can uh, score me some chocolates. I think that's great. I think we found a couple field trips. No. It's easier for Road us to trips. get to Morgan. Yes, I'm I was going to say Morgan's is a little bit. I'm going I'm to use my sources to see what I can yeah, find. There you in, go. That's, in uh, you're a little so. bit more smart. Well, as, as Joe Bob would say, you need to check it out. There you so. go. Uh, if you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, please email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. We want to thank uh, Deming Bass for joining us today. You can find him, as he said, at uh, newmarketingmakeover.com. We want to thank the Mesh Podcast Network. You can download us at themesh.tv, or you can subscribe at the iTunes Store. So uh, please help us get the word out. And uh, we'll look forward to talking with you again next month. Looking forward to it. And we'll be able to talk about the first football game or two. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Have a good one. Take care. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.